we are live in the words of my good sis, Sister George, aka the Mrs., aka Danny. So I am doing the logistics for today's show in case you guys are a little bit confused, like what in the world is going on. Um, just so that you know, um, Danny is also with us, but I am the person doing the logistics, which is why you heard my voice say we are live as opposed to hers. Uh, we are going to have a fantastic show today. I am so, 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 so excited. We have two special guests here with us as well as my good sis. So, um, we have Mrs. Crystal Cooper as well as Mrs. Becca Sin. Um, first off, how are you ladies doing? Danny, how's it going? Girl, <laughs> happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Absolutely. Out here. Happy Father's Day to the I'm just kidding, guys. No happy Father's Day to you. <laughs> happy <laughs> Father's Day to all the daddies. Happy Father's Day. Yes. Um, if you are out here claiming you are the mother and the father, go sit your ass down. <laughs> but shout out to everybody. It's been a good weekend so far. So far. Um, things are going well, but welcome to our guests, Crystal Cooper and Becca Sin. Hey ladies. Hey, how's it going? Absolutely, Absolutely wonderful. Good. How are you? Good. It's beautiful. It is hot here in Vegas. It's disrespectfully hot in Vegas. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh my gosh, you probably you guys are probably in like the 115, 120 degree um uh weather um sphere. So um yeah. we are I can only imagine. Um I, I'm in Georgia. It's hot enough here, so I can't um stand it like any hotter than what I have to deal with, especially that like humid heat um so yeah no thank you but um we are so excited to have you both joining us i would like to start off with having you guys introduce yourselves to our um, audience or to anyone who is listening and crystal if we can go ahead and have you start us off and tell the people a little bit about who you are okay yeah sure so I'm Crystal, Crystal Cooper. I've been a sex worker for very, uh, I would consider myself a veteran at this point for about six years. Um, I do just about everything and I'm also in school. When I say everything as in I'm a sex coach, I'm a legal courtesan, porn star, stripper, webcam model, nude model, anything you can think of. <laughs> And um, I'm a student in school, so I do just about everything. So this is a little bit about me. And what about you, Becca? I am uh, a professional dominatrix who works out of a brothel here in Nevada. Um, wow. I've done everything from working in illegal venues to working in legal venues. Um, I haven't really done any dancing, uh, although I desperately want to at some point. Crystal's going to have to get me into that. Um, I've done a little bit of camming here and there, and then I do make adult content on OnlyFans as well. 
Oh, wow. You ladies are, have your, your feet in it all. Like, oh my gosh, doing some of everything. Well, again, thank you both for joining us. I am excited to get this show on the road. But before I start with uh, my question, my first question, um, I want to just put a little caveat out there. So um, this is a conversation for adults. Um, and what that means is that Number one, we will not tolerate any disrespect. As you guys no. know at all, as you guys know, we're okay with dissenting opinions. You do not have to agree with anything that is said here and you are welcome to voice that opinion, but no disrespect will be tolerated of our guests. They have been so kind as to take time out of their schedules to have this informative dialogue with us. And we are so, so, so appreciative, but um, just a reminder to keep it respectful. Um, yeah. Uh, so just starting off the very first question, I want to know how you ladies got into the business. Like, how did you get into the business? Um, I think that's a, a very fitting first question. So, yes. uh, Crystal, we'll start with you. And then, Becca, we'd also like for you to tell us how you got in the business. All right. Well, let's see. I did have a life before sex work. <laughs> Um, I was actually in the military and then some things started to happen to where it was just hmm, not fit for me, obviously. So, of course, when things were done, I got out and I was in school, finished school, and I just honestly didn't have enough money to be at the living I wanted to be at. Plus, I also wanted to pay for going to my graduate school. So I was like, you know, I don't want to pay for loans. I don't want student loans. And then I was also a bit of a broken person from some of the things that had happened to me. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to try sex work. So I got in and started off kind of slow, you know, doing bottle service, but I did it in a different way. Then I went into being a stripper. And honestly, I'm still a stripper. I love stripping. And then it just started to progress. And now I work at a brothel as well. Actually, me and Becca work together. I strip, okay. do porn, everything. <laughs> and sex coaching, which that's honestly my heart. I love it to death. It's just so rewarding to see everyone so happy once I teach them how to have a better relationship and a better sex life. Absolutely. Thank you, Crystal. Really quickly, I want to read the super chats. Thank you guys for your support. And I hope I did not miss one. Okay, yeah, we got a super sticker from Michael Mitro. Thank you. Thank you for your support, Michael. We also got a super uh, sticker from Melody. Thank you, Melody. I can't imitate you in the way that Danny does, but I certainly appreciate your support, boo. Here's um, a super sticker for you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Thank George. You, um, and also shout out to MOT for joining our channel. Thank Welcome. you. Welcome. I was trying to do this as a members only chat. Y'all better be careful because we, we got some fire coming and you never know when it's gonna be members only. So if you have not joined us now would probably be a good time to actually absolutely. consider because we coming with some heat for y'all, but mm, absolutely that part. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that, Becca. Um, if you could tell us how you also got into the business. So I got into the business through a friend of mine who I, at the time was in an abusive relationship. I was trying to get out. 
she told me that I was working for a massage service and that they were going to pay for me to go to school to become a masseuse. Well, <laughs> I found out after the first appointment that that wasn't the case. Um, my boss was very upset with me, but I decided to go through with it anyway uh, and ended up really falling in love with my job as a full service worker. Um, it, I would say it literally saved my life. Uh, I went through a lot of abuse when I was a kid and becoming a professional dominatrix gave me a lot of power that I didn't have growing up. And so it was a really incredible experience getting into this world. Wow. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, so much. Very interesting. Um, Danny, you want to go next? Yes, absolutely. And so I, I guess what I would want to know is what do you ladies think it, and seeing as though you have, um, um, various experience in different areas, which do you guys feel is the best way for um, women to capitalize off of the off of the adult industry? All of it. All of it. <laughs> it's not like the facet of the adult industry you're in. It's the energy that you bring to it because it doesn't matter. Like one thing I've noticed, it really to some people doesn't matter what you look like. It matters the connection that they can get with you. So all every facet is a money-making facet. You just got to find what correlates with your personality best. Okay. Um, and what about you, Becca? Uh -oh, Becca, are you there? I know she's traveling, so yep, I don't know. If I, oh, there she is. I am right back. Um, I'm sorry. What did you ask one more time? Sorry, I got distracted by this. I was asking, what do you feel is the best um, sector for um, women to um, capitalize on within the um, industry? All of it. All of it. And right now, honestly, women should really be considering becoming the leaders in the industry. We should be the ones producing the porn, um, opening the clubs, uh, running all of this stuff. This stuff should be run by women and, you know, non-traditionally gendered people, mostly vulnerable communities. Agreed. Because right mm -hmm. now with our brothel situation, how many female owners we have? I believe two. And one of them only became owner, owner because Dennis Hoff died. So Wow. Uh, did, did you ladies actually get a chance to work with Dennis Hoff? I did know Dennis. Um, he was a very interesting person. So I and rest in peace. I will not speak badly about him because, I mean, I do know of him. But another friend of mine worked with him closely and knew him a lot better. Oh, okay. Okay. It sounds like there's some, see, we got to talk about offline, honey. Um, uh, you know what? That's interesting. HBO. <laughs> you know what? That's interesting, though, when you point out the fact that there are like these large disparities regarding like women owners or women who are uh, like in total control of their content or, you know, own the, um, uh oh, there she is, Becca. Um, or yeah. actually own the uh, ranches that are, um, you know, legalized within the state. Speaking of which, I was fortunate enough to have some really interesting dialogue with Crystal um, when like setting the interview up. And I found it extremely interesting when she shared with me like 
all of the hoops that you kind of have to jump through in order to um, in order to become a legalized companion. So um, while we're on the subject, yeah. Crystal, do you want to um, just kind of just for educational purposes, um, share with us like some of the things that you have to do in order to become a legalized companion? Sure, and Becca, jump in at any time if I miss anything, because you know I have that tendency sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, I know, you're good. Okay, so every county is different. That's the one thing I want to point out. Like, we are not actually governed by the state or the federal government. We are governed by each county. So okay. with that being said, we have to be fingerprinted. We have to have an FBI background check. We have to have a sheriff's card and we have to have a business license. So those are some of the hoops, not to mention we have to be tested. What well, this branch in this county is every 10 days, but I've worked oh. also up north in Elko County and in Story County and their laws are different as well. So it is- We also- Yeah. We also need to get the sheriff's card remove, uh, renewed every three months. But that's only for Nye County. Up north in Elko, it's once every year and same thing in story. Okay. So y'all wow. have to do this every three months. You're getting tested every 10 days. Yes. Yeah. Do you think that they are really that it's for, you know, the best interest of the women who enter into the business or is it just kind of like a money grab for the county? To be honest, well, we use talent testing down south in Nye County, but up north is definitely a grab. And the reason I say this is because we use talent testing and as porn stars, so with the talent testing, we have to do that every two weeks in porn. And it monitors the exact same thing. So having us do a pap smear every week is a bit much. Well, let me, if, if y'all don't mind, I wanted to ask this. How many partners or how many um, people do y'all have to engage with um, per day being that you guys are doing it within a legal setting? We choose if we want to take you or not. So okay. talk to you. We decide, you know, are you going to be a good person to us? Or are you going to flip out on us in the room? Or who knows what? But we definitely negotiate beforehand. And if the negotiation comes to a good end, we'll take you. If not, then we walk you. And you okay. did say, too, though, that there is, like, security on site in the event that somebody tries to get crazy. Yeah, that also greatly ranches, depends on the house. Yeah, oh, some okay. ranches do have security, some do not. Really? Also, there are some houses. There are some houses where you're allowed to turn away certain customers, and some where you're not. Too. Agreed, because oh. it depends. Yeah. So if it's a guy very very dependent said, on the people in power, which means that a lot of the workers don't have a lot of their voices told, which puts us at a a higher risk of danger. Yeah. But when the owner is a good owner and as she listens to the girls, it's a lot safer. So let me ask you mm -hmm. this question. I'm sorry, Concrete. Girl, I'm so intrigued. No, um, I know. It's interesting. Okay. Do you ladies prefer to work with male bosses or with uh, female bosses? 
Oh, that depends. That depends because I've worked with female and male bosses. The male boss I had in Elko was freaking awesome. I mean, there was some problems here and there with staff, but he was freaking awesome. The one over in Story County, she was a she was a undesirable person. Mm-hmm. And the one down there in Nye County is very awesome for ranch wise. Mm-hmm. Strip club wise, I'd rather have a female boss. Okay. Um, what would you say is the major differences in how they run stuff? Mm, you want to go first, Becca, or you want me to go first? I find that women owners tend to be a little bit more empathetic to the things going on with the female workers than the men. And I think that's probably like the biggest part. You can have a lot of like very hard women in the industry because we can get very hard, you know, like we're, we're up against a lot. It's primarily male dominant. So if you are a woman that gets into, gets into a position of power, that really means that you're, you've had to fight tooth and nail to get there. Um, so so I definitely think the empathy is probably the biggest like difference that I see in the two Um, when I worked I worked for my first boss was a woman my second boss um, in another state was a man Uh, with the women they're not trying to sleep with me with the men, depending on the owner, they're not trying to sleep with me either, but it's still an issue in the community. And this happens throughout the entire industry, too. In porn, you know, you don't know if you're going to show up to a shoot, and the producer of the shoot might say, okay, but in order for you to get your content back, you have to sleep with me now. Oh, wow. Mm. That is more so on the content trade side, though, because in mainstream, we they don't actually, like, yeah, you can sleep with them but we don't own the content. Hmm. So I do have a question and it's steering a little bit away from this, just a tad bit, but we can absolutely come back to this because this is also intriguing. And wow, the more you guys share, the more intrigued I I am. But I have a bit of a different perspective too when it comes to the female and male bosses, but we can come back to that. No, I, I forgot. You didn't have an opportunity to answer. So I did want to want to hear your perspective on the, the question. Well, for the stripper side, I prefer female bosses who have worked as strippers before because I can say my house mom at the Rhino is so freaking awesome. She just knows like what to do. She gives you the best advice, how to negotiate, how to make the most money possible so just having that resource is wonderful but in the ranches unless the woman has worked for it like the one down south that i work for um she can be a total excuse my words cunt because up north the woman that i worked for was a um she was hmm The best way I can explain her is that she was the owner's girlfriend and she took very much pride in that. And she did not like people who are a little bit darker than a paper bag. 
So wow, now that's interesting. That's very interesting. So do you see a lot of colorism or racism within the industry? Um, I, okay. We, we did, we did um, an interview with uh, Wesley Pipes uh, a year and some change ago, and he kind of highlighted, um, you know, just like um, things as, um simple as just like the amount of pay that or the pay that you like that some yes. black women or darker people receive versus yes. you know white people or lighter people so um yeah, what are some girl rate y'all see that can you highlight some of the differences and becca um from my understanding just with conversing with crystal she kind of um enlightened me to the fact that you're um open to kind of having a discussion about and keeping it real, so to speak, about like some of the things that you see too. So if you also see it and see the differences, I'd love to hear uh, your perspective too. But like, what are some, what are some examples of what you see as it relates to colorism and um, racism in the industry? So I actually see it a lot. A lot of people, cause I'm white, are very comfortable using a lot of racial slurs in front of me. Um, they think that because I'm white, that it's a safe place to be racist around me. It's not. <laughs> um, I am very anti-racism. Uh, and so I hear, I hear a lot of it. Um, and I definitely see a lot of it. You know, uh, the women of color tend to get picked a little bit less sometimes. It depends. But there's like, you'll hear about it and Crystal will talk about it. There will be clubs that will have caps on the amount of black girls they have. Wow. And it's really, it's, it's really upsetting to watch and hear. And I can only imagine how awful it is to experience. Yeah. Yeah. I can actually. So this past weekend when I was working, there was like this huge, like after party going on and girls came to audition. I literally heard them. I'm not going to say which club it was because I'm in more than one club in Vegas, but I literally heard them say, we have too many black girls already. We can't hire any of them. And they turned away all 10 black girls. And I was just like, wow. they were beautiful too. Like one of them looked like freaking Megan Good. And she got turned away because there was too many of us already. And don't get me wow. started about the world's biggest strip club. They only have three black girls working and wow. they spread yeah. out throughout the three shifts. Wow. wow. You really only need so many blonde hair, blue eyed girls. It would be really nice to see a lot more women of color be promoted in the industry and especially by the owners of the industry. It's, it's ridiculous. Not to mention, we have to look a certain way. So let me give you an example. Some of the women that came, like, because they had tattoos or they were too thick, they got turned away because they feel like the clubs, and this is across the entire industry. I've seen this in porn where if you're thicker, they push you into the urban category, category mm -hmm. instead of allowing you to actually do more mainstream like Playboy and Penthouse. You can't do that if you have too many tattoos as a black girl or you're too thick. Mm -hmm. Like in my club, you can't be no bigger than a size four. So if you're bigger oh, than a size four, you're not getting in as a black girl. 
Very, very interesting. Thank you guys both for being so honest. I am not doing my B1 thing. I want to have a very well-rounded interview. So I was just asking the question because um, something that one of the ladies said, what well, something that Crystal said uh, made me think about it. It wasn't even something that I had written down, but don't start no mess. Um, go ahead, Penny, because I, I have a question that'll take it in a different direction. Go ahead. Okay, with the thicker girls, do you think that it's more accepted in dancing um, versus um, porn, maybe? Actually, uh, being in all assets of the industry, the best place for the thicker girls is webcamming because you really don't have a boss. And here's yes. why I say this. Mm. Like, okay. like stripping skinny girls, they don't care. They want skinny girls unless you go to an urban club. Like I'm telling you, the top clubs in Vegas, Hustler, Sapphire, Rhino, and Crazy Horse. If you go in there, you're going to see all those girls are skinny with maybe some curves, maybe slim thick, but you're not going to see a thick girl. Mm. And as a thick woman in the industry, as a thick woman in the industry, most of my money comes out of porn. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Um, Yeah. Um, Now, Thicker women are becoming more acceptable in the brothels. Um, there's a lot more requests for them and whatnot. So it's starting to become more popular. But uh, being a thick woman in the industry is rough. Wow. So um, it's kind of, and it's interesting how basically kind of the same things that we deal with in our everyday lives or the same adversities that we see are, are still plaguing the industry as well. But I have a completely different question. I want to know um, if you both, if you find it difficult to date, um, being that you know you're in uh, that you are a sex worker or that you work in the industry, do you find it difficult to date, um, especially if you're dating someone that is not in the industry? Um, you want to go first, Crystal? No, nah, you go first. So I was single for six years before I met my current partner. We started dating in October. He has really pushed himself to learn a lot and educate himself on what it's like to date somebody in the industry. Um, Even going so far as to open his own OnlyFans and now he makes his own content online. Um, It can be really, really hard sometimes. There's times when we really, really miss each other. There's times where jealousy definitely can be overwhelming um but ultimately we understand because the sex work is work at the end of the day it's no having sex with a person for me is no different than a bartender pouring a beer and i don't mean to make it sound impersonal because it's not that impersonal during the act but ultimately the mind difference between me having sex with my boyfriend and me having sex with a client are two very different things and it's important to keep that in mind would you get out of the industry if he wanted you to um, quit? Absolutely not. It's not yeah, his body. It's not his body. It's not his pussy. And it's not his wallet at the end of the day. Okay. You know, it's my, my bank account and my bag are up to me. And mm-hmm. if I want to retire happy, I can't rely on any man in the entire world to do that for me. That's wow. up to me okay. and my hard work. So there's no man in the world that can come in and tell me what to do in my own bed. Mm. Thank you for your being so candid and so honest. 
Um, Crystal, yeah. what about you? As it relates to relationships, do you find it difficult to date and um, engage in relationships, um, especially dating or um, entertaining someone that's not in the industry? Um, honestly, it just depends on the person because I've dated people in the industry who were total dogs and I've dated people outside the industry who were total dogs. So it does depend on just the person. And then also with me being a sex coach, it does make it a little bit harder for me because I know, you know, bad signs that's going to destroy relationships. So I do try to avoid that and try to, you know, like nip it in the bud when I see it coming. So it makes it to where I'm like always kind of watching. But again, I have had great relationships. So it's not like, you know, all of them are bad. But for me right now, I'm just trying to be single, trying to, you know, figure out what my next direction is going to be. So it really depends on the person I'm talking to. Okay. Well, thank you, ladies, both for answering that. Really quickly, I just want to acknowledge the super chat. Thank you, Michael Mitroke, for the additional super sticker. And then we got a, another super chat from Queen of the South. She says, excellent panelists and questions, ladies, from women with the real, I can't see the um, emoji, and not the manosphere twisted rhetoric with love from the sisterhood. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Queen of the South. We appreciate your support. Um, Danny, go ahead. It's on you, dear. Okay. So, so guys, I actually got to let you go. I want to thank you so much for having me on. No problem. Thank you, Becca, for joining us. I knew that, you know, you had a, a, an appointment. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that you have to go, but if you're able to listen um, to us live on YouTube, feel free to do so. And you can certainly drop any links that you have to any of your projects. Um, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you all. Have a great time. See you later. Bye. Yeah, and Becca, we would love to have you on for a future show. So if you're still out there listening, um, please hit us up at thebreakdown2020 at gmail.com. Again, that's thebreakdown2020 at gmail.com. Crystal, honey, we got you up here to ourselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so... How do you think it affects your social life, like um, with your family and friends, um, maybe finding out what it is that you do? Well, my family actually already knows. So they're actually really supportive because they're like, at the end of the day, it's your body, it's your life. You're the one that's going to have to live with what you did. Now, some, some things they don't like, which is understandable for a parent. But for the most part, they're really happy with me because, I mean, I'm 25 years old. I own three houses. I have about five acres of land. Okay, get in the bag. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You said you was 25. Well, how many? Count them out about my singles. Like, how many? I have three houses. <laughs> like, one, two, yes, three. I love it. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Y'all heard it. Three of yeah. them. So my parents are really happy for me, not to mention I have like a lot of money in assets, stocks, like I'm set to where I would, if I wanted to retire right now, I could, but I'm not going to, of course, because 
I still have other goals. Wow. Um, you are doing the darn thing. I absolutely love it. And I can tell you just from being a, you know, holding a conversation and we talked for quite a while, we talked at length about a variety of things. Um, you have a really good head on your shoulders and um, yeah, uh, I, I can understand why your parents would still stand behind you and support you and say at the end of the day, ultimately, this is your decision, it's your body, uh, but still, you know, be proud of the fact that you're successful in what you do. Um, I did want to ask you, being that you are in the industry, do you find it that men typically underestimate your intelligence? Actually, no. Because when I'm speaking to people, I like for that to kind of be like the little bomb I drop. So I'll speak to them, tell them, you know, I'm going to law school, let them know, hey, I graduated college. I have two bachelor's degrees. And they're like sitting there like, okay, okay. And then I go, oh, and I'm also a porn star and I'm a sex coach. And they're like, wait a second, <laughs> you sound so smart. I'm like, because I am. You didn't expect a girl like this to actually be in the sex industry, now did you? And most of them actually... Like in Vegas, they open up because, I mean, Vegas is a sex positive place. But I honestly don't have too many problems when I'm speaking about it, unless it's a rather person who is a judgmental person. Then that's when I have more problems. So for the most part, most people are open because they hear my conversation and they're like, she, there's no way she's an idiot. Right. Okay, absolutely. Um, that certainly makes sense. Um, I see Danny is still on mute. Danny, you want me to ask another question? Because I have plenty well, more. I, Go ahead. I, I did have one. Um, what would you say is um, the most common type of man that you see um, within your line of work? Like, is there a certain type that you always see come through? Well, with my look, it's it actually cross appeals to everyone so i see everything i see people from india i've seen people from croatia russia um people from here in the united states so i do see everyone i see people from africa i've there's well, literally I, no country i've never except for yemen i've never seen anyone from yemen but i've seen everyone well, I, I, I guess what i was asking for like do you see um let's say thugs would you see a lot of guys who would okay, like straight laced um both okay both yeah i appeal to both because i so this is one thing i had to learn in the industry i had to make myself look more ambiguous so i'll wear the more curlier hair even though my hair is curly i'll wear more curlier hair because i am of mixed ancestry so and then i'll change my eye color from time to time or change how i do my makeup to make myself look different so when i do more black appealing makeup and i wear more of the colored wigs that's when i get more of the you know, that type of clientele. But when I wear the more kind of wavy wigs or whatever and emphasize my big brown eyes, that's when I get more of the Caucasian type of clientele. Mm -hmm. So it depends on how I'm doing my makeup that day, honestly, and what type of clothes I wear. 
Speaking of, have you ever had a client want more from you? And is that like extremely frowned upon? If you had a client that you really had a connection with, would you consider it? Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah, depending on, you know, if the person is a good person, I would consider it. Most girls look down upon this who are courtesans, Um, but I don't really care. If you're a good person, I've seen you like for two or three years. Like I've had some customers I've seen for five years and we're actually really good friends. And even though they still patronize me, we're actually friends. So yeah, I would consider it. Uh, one quick piggy pack back off of that. Um, would you, are you offended if you have like a regular customer and you see that he comes in and he wants to spend time with someone else? Of course not, because if he wants to spend time with someone else, if it's in the ranch, that means the ranch is still making money. And it also means one of my friends is making money. So I'm happy to see another woman win. So no, I never get upset. I get upset when he sees someone else and they do him wrong. And then he comes back and he's upset. That's when I get pissed off and I go speak with the other lady to see what, you know, what happened and how she can make it better. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Well, how much of a, okay, well, my first question is, do you prefer working independently or do you prefer working um, on the ranch? Well, for legal purposes, I do prefer the ranch, but once Oregon decriminalizes sex work, hopefully that will be happening pretty soon. I would probably want to be independent because I do like having more control over my job. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy being in the ranches, but it is rather restrictive at times. So I would do both. I would honestly do both. What would Can you, you tell about the restriction? Oh, go ahead. No, that's, that's fine. Danny. I'll <laughs> ask after you. Okay. Um, what would you say some of the restrictions are as far as being on the ranch versus being independent? Well, depending on the county you're in, because again, it does go back to county, Nye County and Story County allow outdates, meaning you can go outside of the ranch and have dates and go do things. I enjoy oh, that. Wow. Yeah. But the county I work in, like some of the other counties, like Elko, and I work in Nye right now, we're not allowed to do outdates. And Nye County is only like an hour max from the strip. So we end up losing out on being able to go to the strip and do things. So I hate, I absolutely hate being in a lockdown house because I prefer being able to go home at night. And some of these ranches are lockdown houses. But Wait, I mean, so you I have to stay there 24-7? Yeah, 24-7 until you leave. You live there while you work. Oh, really? So is it a certain number of days on, a certain number of days off? Oh, you make your schedule. Like you tell them when you want to come in and depending on the ranch, if it's first come, first served, then if you can get in, you do. And if you can't, then you wait till a room opens up. So it does, like they do let you make your own schedule. I do enjoy that, of course. So are you able to work, do like, you know, go dancing, or, you know, like if you want to strip or dance um, in the evenings and then work during the day, are you able to have a schedule like that where you're also able to kind of um, do other business ventures? 
we're working towards that. That's something that the group of girls that I'm working with, we're trying to get that because they do enforce us, depending on the ranch, my ranch enforces a three-day stay and you have to stay there all three days. But of mm -hmm. course you have to ask if you want to leave. And most of the time they'll let you leave for a little bit, but you have to come back. But no, I can't do that. Um, any, any other ranch requires a two week stay. So I have to stay there, you know, for two weeks and then I can leave and go dancing and do whatever else. So for me, I prefer working three days because I do so much other stuff to where I'm not dependent on the ranch that I would just rather go home after three days. Plus, I go haywire being stuck in there 24 hours. <laughs> wow, that is so interesting. Okay, really quickly, because I saw, I think it was Queen of the South asked uh, about Oregon. And uh, I know that we talked a bit about it and you were enlightening me. Can you tell us about the legislation that is either, I guess it's being created or that has been created and that that uh, they're trying to get passed in the state uh, relating to what Oregon is doing um, in relation to sex work? Yeah, of course. This is actually one of my favorite topics to go over right now. Cause, all right. So first of all, I wanna go over this. Most people don't know this, but in sex work, I am a part of the Adult Performers Artists Guild, which is a federally recognized union. So, um, we unionize in sex work, like the porn stars, everyone unionizes. Wow. Yeah. So, Isn't that something? It really yeah. is. Honey, I'm sitting over here just ooing and on. I'm, I'm, I'm in like, I'm not going to say shock, but yes. it's interesting to, to see, um, even in the adult industry of people having to unionize to get proper wages mm -hmm. and protection and stuff like that. So yeah. honey, I am totally intrigued. Oh yeah. I love it. Like I've, I work in the union and I actually do sit on a few boards, but let's kind of get back into Oregon now. We can go back to the union later. Um, so with Oregon, what was going on is first of all, Oregon does have a law in the books that makes it to where they cannot explicitly attack sex workers. That's why there's the most strip clubs per capita in the United States there. That's why there's so many adult sex stores because they can't just come after the adult industry there. So with that being said, and then there's also a good Samaritan law on the books to where if something happens to you as an escort, you can actually report it to the police and they're not gonna arrest you. So with that being said, the reason why Oregon's going towards full decriminalization, and let me get into that. It is technically right now illegal to be an escort in Oregon. They're making it to where it will be legal to advertise your work, your advertise being a companion. You will be able to legally solicit people but of course it's got to be in good taste because you can't go around soliciting around a church or a school. So of course there's going to be measures there of a common sense onto it. Um, and they're going to make it to where if you have any crimes of prostitution, that will also be repealed and erased from your record. Of course you do have to apply for it to be erased, but it will be appealed. So, they're making it to where it will be a safe environment for everyone who wants to work as a legal companion or any asset of the sex work industry. You will be allowed to work safely in Oregon. 
So the name of the bill is HB 3088. And some of the organizations I work with, which is SWAP, like sex workers behind bars. Um, I mean, I've worked with them. I've worked with pineapple support. Different people are coming in to help. Um, as For the last meeting I was there, um, I got exactly remember the day. It was June the 3rd. Um, we were watching the live stream proc. Yeah, I'm sorry. My language is like mixing up a little bit because I'm starting to want to speak another language by accident. I do speak five. Um, so with that being said, on the podcast, they were showing us the actual meeting with actual sex workers, different union workers coming together, speaking to our representatives. It was really powerful to watch one. And then two, they actually listen to us because I do want to make a point to say there is a huge difference between sex work and human trafficking because I am also a human trafficking survivor. So I can tell you oh, the wow. huge difference. Oh, yeah. Thank That's you for funny. making that delineation, too. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone thinks that, you know, sex work is human trafficking. And no, it's not. And Oregon is starting to actually listen to us and understand the difference. If you want to consensually have sex with someone or you, you want to film porn or anything else, let people do it. Stop trying to delegate people's bodies. We don't delegate men's bodies. Men don't delegate ours. So this government needs to stop trying to do that to us. So with this bill. Oh, sorry. Let me. No, go ahead, dear. Quick. With this bill, it has made it through to the House Judiciary Committee in Oregon and their, you know, how the state works, Congress works. The senators are actually rather positive about it. Like it was actually senators who were speaking on it. So and other representatives. So it looks like Oregon is going to be the first state to fully decriminalize. And there is a difference between criminalization and legalization. So we mm -hmm. can get into that down the road. Right. Okay. Um, let me read the super chats. I just want to read the super chats really quickly and then I'll let you go, Danny. Um, so thank you guys so much for the super chats. I had one from uh, Black Men Being Brutally Honest. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, says, long live the habitual line steppers. Appreciate long you. Live, honey. Grace says, the funny part is when sex work is legalized, the ones who will suffer the most are the average women. That's an interesting thought, um, Achilles. Thank you so much for the support. All right, Danny, go ahead. It's on you, boo. Okay. Um, what would you say has been, you had mentioned that you had been sex trafficked before. Um, do you care to talk about that just a smidge and tell us what happened with that? I can only really talk about the surface because it does still hurt. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I understand. Uh, I'll let people know. Sometimes, this is not a time. But most of the people who do this type of thing to people are the ones that know you the most because it was one of my best friends that did it to me. So, and I'd known this girl for years. So it wasn't like we just met each other. No, like I knew this girl for about 10 years. So, yeah, that, that happened. And um, it did really break me to my soul. 
And that's why, honestly, being a sex worker has been so positive for me because I'm able to take back the power that I lost when that happened to me. And when I say it's great to me because I get to tell a man, no, you cannot touch me unless you pay me. And, you know, most men respect that, especially in the establishments I work in. I'm not saying I do that on the outside because, no, yeah, I'm walking right. down the street. I'm not going to say pay me. I'm just going to say don't touch right. me, you know? Well, thank you, Crystal, for opening up and kind of highlighting that. I think that what you shared um, also kind of um, highlights that, you know, people who um, are you know, doing this, the sex trafficking um, aren't necessarily always men. Um, I think that you highlighted that too um, with, with uh, sharing what you did. So thank you for that. I want to kind of take it away from this a little bit, because I know this is, uh, you know, pretty triggering to talk about. Um, I want to... I want to know, um, like we talked a bit about dating and I had a couple questions about dating, but um, typically do you find that white men are more open to dating you than black men when they find out that you work in the industry? Honestly, all men are kind of open to me because once they kind of hear my background, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, you're different. Cause like I'm Ethiopian. Like I'm mixed with a whole bunch of stuff. I've traveled the world. So I've never really had a problem with men, but I'm also bisexual. So I date women too. And, oh, okay. um, oh yeah. And um, yeah, I've never had a problem with that. Like just race wise. I've had more okay. problems deciding if I want to date younger or older. That's more so the thing. Okay, well, I have another question to piggyback off of that. Could you date a man if he's like extra vanilla, just real vanilla? Um, would you be able to date him? Yeah, actually, I would. <laughs> um, I've dated an extra vanilla guy before, and um, mm -hmm. I accidentally turned him out because I have a dungeon <laughs> in my house. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> All right, Danny, go ahead. It's on you. That was funny. She said I accidentally turned them out. <laughs> Baby, listen. Um, so with your sex coaching. Um, do you generally uh, do couples or is it um, individuals that generally come to you? I do everyone, couples, virgins, um, people, part of my wow. community, everyone. Honey, wait, wait a minute, Crystal. Go back to the virgins. Yeah. I know, I want to talk about that too. Girl, I take <laughs> somebody's virginity almost every week. So, and that's at the range. Wow. What? Yeah, virgins come in because they want to learn how to actually please a woman. So, wow. yeah, like well, sometimes, damn. sometimes I do sex coaching in the ranch, and people hit me up and be like, "I want an actual demonstration instead of you sending me, you know, your course and powerpoints and stuff." So I'll be like, "Okay, yeah, come into the ranch and I'll show you." And then I literally go through everything, and everything's with protection. You guys, they can't finger right. us without a condom. They can't. 
do any go down of a, a yeah, go down on us without dental dams. Everything's with protection. So it seems to be all kind of safety regulations in place with the testing and the protection, and you can't, you know, like that is like I, I, if there I seems to be lots of basic question though. Just yeah. real quick, just real quick. With the dental dam, does it feel the same versus with without this? I never used it. Honestly, I enjoy it, but I do like to use female condoms more because it does feel a lot closer, but I mean, it does, of course, it's going to feel different without a condom, let's be honest, <laughs> but it does still feel really, really good. Like, I've still squirted at work, so, or, you know, oh. on camera. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> but real quick, back to the virgins real quick, though. Like, I teach them how to caress a woman, how to understand what she wants, because I tell them. You're not mind readers. You just need to ask the woman what she wants. And if she's a mature woman who knows what she wants, she's going to tell you. And communication is key. Like I teach them to communicate. Also, I teach them, you know, don't go around making people pregnant. You need to be getting tested at mm. least once a month. Like I tell them. Sex education. Okay. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. And I, give them centers that they can go to to get tested in their state so that is no excuse you know where to go you can get tested monthly and i tell them if you're more sexually active i would be suggesting it tested every two weeks and i tell them this because there's an incubation period if you get an std it might not show up for two weeks but it's mm -hmm. gonna show up in a month unless it's hiv because that can hide from you for about six months so I tell them, stay tested if you're going to be out here doing stuff because you can catch an STD like orally, anally, vaginally, like you can catch this stuff. So yeah, I really go in depth and I also teach them and show them where to get condoms that are good for them because I have a latex allergy. So I have to use specific condoms and dental dams and everything. So I teach them and I even show them how to get a female condom so females can also use the condoms too. Absolutely. Wow, this sounds like, like a whole educational course. Like, wow, who knew? Oh, yeah. um, very, very interesting. I did have another question. Um, what um, do you find that um, it is, what's the word? Um, not a good idea, for lack of a better, something else to, to explain what I'm trying to say, uh, to befriend other women who work in the ranches uh, because of the fact that which I, I understand that you personally don't see it as competition based off of what you've said, but because of the fact that, you know, you could be competing for clients, in addition, it could just get messy. Do you find that um, you have to be careful as to who you befriend in your line of business? I mean, you have to be careful with who you befriend, period. But honestly, when you befriend people and they're actually good people, you find out what each other's like, what their specialty is and then you can sell two girl parties orgies and honestly this this is where you make your money it's less work for the girls and it's more fun when you're partying with someone that you enjoy along with your customer 
it's just more fun all around, less work, more money. So I prefer to go this approach. Now, some ranches don't allow the girls to be friends. But really, yes, there's policies against that at other ranches. They don't want them to be friends because they don't want them to unionize. Oh, makes sense. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Girl, I'm sitting over here like I'm floored too. Like, whoa. Um, but going back to the fun stuff, what would you say was your best experience without the in throughout the industry? Are you talking about the um ranches or stripping or overall like what would you say was your most fun time um i have a different honestly i have different stories from each part of the industry i've been in um for me in porn my best time was my dog fart scene because i was on dog fart network wait what is can you explain what what that is because i don't know um, basically like it's a, a porn company that puts out like mainstream porn that you can like go to their website, pay a membership for, you can see it on Pornhub. And it was my most fun scene because I actually got to show off some of my specialty moves that I made up because I've, at this point I have 81 different moves that I've made up for oral and I wow. have about 281. Yeah. Girl, send me some stuff because I just got married and all these. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that's a lot. I, I ain't got but two. And... <laughs> Good night. Good night. I'm just saying, honey, we need to. You know what? Well, Speaking of that, though, do you have a lot of women that come to you looking for help in, like, how to spice it up in the bedroom? Yes, I do, and I love it when they come to me, honestly. So I also kind of want to rewind a little bit to a comment that was made earlier that when sex work is legalized, it hurts the regular women. Mm -hmm. I want to go ahead and address that. All of us are regular women. Like, we don't have Mm -hmm. any, like, alien parts, you guys. Um true it doesn't hurt regular women the reason why is because it's just a specialty like think about it you have doctors there are people who aren't doctors and you have lawyers so you have sex workers those are just people if you know depending on what avenue they're in they're just specialists at a certain thing like strippers they're really good strippers or like specialists at dancing so it has it doesn't hurt the regular women because you can always go to someone to get more information on how to become better. We're not a hundred percent like gold medalists to everything we do. And that's a good I, point. Thank you. Yeah. Do you find though that like, you know, forming friendships with women who are not in the industry is difficult because they're more judgmental because of their lack of knowledge? Progressive women are awesome. Very easy Mm -hmm. for me to form friendships with them because they always are seeking more information. It's more of the more closed-minded women that I have to talk to a lot because they think, oh, you're nasty, or they think, oh, you're just, you have daddy issues. And Mm -hmm. I don't. I am very close to my father. I love my father, actually. So 
you know, it's not that we have any of these issues. It's just some people, they are very judgmental. And I can honestly say it's ranges from age because I've had young people who are 18 saying crazy stuff to me. I've had older people. So it's just the mindset of the person. But I do have friends on the outside and on the inside because um, I am a part of a, I'm also BDSM lifestyle. So I'm a part of a collective where we get together and we like teach each other. And I teach some of the other girls who aren't sex workers and we learn how to tie each other up and we do suspensions, <laughs> light each other on fire um, safely. You said light each other on fire. Child, what? <laughs> wow. Child, I'm a pyro. I didn't ever say that I was vanilla. I feel like I'm vanilla Nets. Ooh, child. Listen, you know the crazy you know the craziest thing is that even people who judge, I think like deep down inside, even the men who are judging, like they would love for their wife to be able to pick up a few new moves. And the women who are judging would love to be able to do a few new moves. So it's really yeah. interesting. Uh, sometimes I think that may be um, kind of a little bit of envy, you know, coming off as, you know, judgment. Um, because I, they don't know how to just spark up a conversation and say, teach me your ways. <laughs> I don't think it's envy. I think it's more so fear. You don't think so? Yeah. Like, let me explain. Fear of what? So, all right. Let me explain. In this country, we kind of shy away from sex talk. And I've lived in other countries where, you know, they start talking to their kids about sex at a young age so that they can get acclimated mm -hmm. to it, understand more about it. Like our sex education here in the United States is I'm about to say it in another word. It's <laughs> non-existent. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say this is because, you know, we have kids coming up and they're teaching them, oh, sex is bad, STDs are bad, but they're not teaching them about a female condom. Do you know how many females I've ran into that don't know how to use one or have never seen wow. one in their life? Like that's something. I can't believe it. Yeah, that's something that they don't teach. So most people are afraid of the unknown. So to just come up to someone and say, oh, you know, how do I do this? First of all, they're afraid that you're not even going to tell them because meeting new people, you don't know how they're going to react. Second of all, they might be afraid to open up about that because of their own ego, because they don't want to hurt their own ego, you know? So... It's a lot of things that go into it for me. And uh, like some of the people I've got to kind of come over to my side in a way, <laughs> they've literally said that they were afraid to talk to me because they didn't know how they were going to process the information. Hmm. Wow. Very, very interesting. Uh, go ahead, Danny. It's on you. What oh, I'm sorry. Really quick. Let me highlight. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not used to doing this. Okay. Really quickly. Um, we got a super chat before from Jessica X and she said tongue twister throat flip. Just know something about it too. The truth be told, quiet as it's kept, <laughs> just know something about it too. Um, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. What would you say would be like, the weirdest thing that you've ever been asked to do within the industry. 
<laughs> oh, it's that wow. It's that one. <laughs> she laughed super hard too. <laughs> Honestly, I get some of the weirdest requests every day. Um tell us about them, Crystal. Let us know what they be talking about, Chad. I can't even give you the weirdest because every day it's something a little bit more weird. But um the weirdest Just one something is the that... ranch, mm-hmm. I would say. I had to do a three-day date with a guy in a furry suit. And he wanted me to eat, oh. sleep, swim in this furry suit because he had a furry Wow. Suit. Was wow. it real fur, girl? Like, what kind of fur was it? <laughs> girl, I'll die in one of those things. You're going like to laugh. Like a, a um, what's, what was it? I was in a big bird suit. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have any hard no's? Like, I know they come up with the craziest things and, you know, the requests get crazier and crazier by the day. But are there is there anything that you're like, no, not doing it, not even considering it? So for me, I leave anal for my personal life. So I don't do that with customers. So that's a hard okay. no. Okay. Um, I hate being fingered. And it's because I had one customer that ruined it for everybody else. So I Why only... Why fingers was big? Mm-hmm. No. Um, I don't even know how he did this. So let's he go back in time a little bit. And clip his fingernails. No, he did. His fingernails were clipped. And he still oh. somehow scratched up the inside of my vagina. And you oh, had on mm-hmm, a glove. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't, pref- I don't do fingering anymore. I don't do anal, and um, nothing concerning children, because there are some right, of those right, right. very sick people out there. So I do nothing concerning children. If I know mm-hmm. you have a wife and you come to the ranch, I've done this a lot, and it's like I only do it with the guys who are willing to do it. But I'll literally be like, bring your wife in. They're like, what? She'll freak out. And no, bring her in. I'm a sex coach. Here's my credentials. Bring her in. Wow. So do you run into people like out with their partners? Like see <laughs> them on the strip? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I do. And they're always like, Crystal, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to be like. So, uh, okay, let's just say, has um, any wives or girlfriends ever confronted you in a bad way? Yes. Let me tell you the most venerable story I've ever had. So this was at one of my other ranches, and a female came in there, and she was spazzing out. And she comes in, she goes, where's Crystal? And I was in the back, and I was walking out, and everyone was like, no, Crystal, don't go out there. She's like really pissed i said no let me handle it they're like no crystal no (laughs) let me handle it and at the time i was the one with the most seniority in there so i made the other girls get out of the way so i walked in there and she like spazzes out she runs up to me like she's trying to hit me i know judo Mm -hmm. i know judo i know taekwondo i'm a boxer so i just like moved out of the way and let her run into the wall no 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 this is gonna make you laugh so she kept trying to hit me kept trying to hit me and then i let her tire herself out so then like literally when she was tired and i never hit her i was like so are you ready to talk now 
she's like, you're a bitch and like freaking out. And like, mm-hmm. literally I told everyone to stay back. I told the bartenders, I told security, I told everybody to stay back because I knew I could handle her. So finally she's so tired. I literally walked over to the bar, told the bartender to give me some water. And he did. And I gave her some water and I helped her up off the floor and she was mad. She was still trying to like do something. I'm like, honey, you're tired. Just sit down so we can talk. And then she actually sat down surprisingly and started drinking the water. So I was just like, (laughs) your husband came to me because he wanted to learn how to eat you out better. And then she's like, wow. Yeah. And she's like, well, why did he have to do it? Why do you have to spend so much money? I said, because here's what you don't know. The money that they spend at the brothel goes back to the city. Like we pay taxes (laughs) directly to your county. We don't pay federal Mm. taxes. Like that money is going right back to you guys. So yes, you might not like the price tag because we do, you know, it is a little bit more expensive than the independent girls, but that money is directly helping you. And she was still a little upset, but I told her, look, how about this? I'll give you a free session if you decide to come back with your man and I can (laughs) show him some stuff and help guide both of you to have a better sex life. And surprisingly, she actually calmed down and agreed to it and came in, gave me a try. And then from that day, gave you a try. Yeah. Crystal, what kind of try did she give you, honey? Did she do? (laughs) Listen, but I thought it was too expensive. Oh, you gave her a free session. Yeah, I gave her a free session. Him, Listen, no, this but, is what okay. I'm about to sit here and laugh at. And I'm and and, and this is because this is funny as hell to me. She came in trying to beat Crystal ass and ended up eating Crystal's vagina, honey. I can't. No, no, no. <laughs> I ended up eating her. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, hey, look, she felt like she came out on top then. She I think that is. You know what? Have you considered writing a book? Because I have. I'm I sure have. it will be extremely interesting. Yeah. And actually, she, her and her husband are still clients of mine to this day. Wow. And we actually sit back and laugh about that day. Like, every time we see each other. And she sees me every month. In fact, wow. she comes Since out of her marriages. sometimes. Oh! <laughs> Wait a wow. Huh? She comes by herself now. Sometimes, yeah, yeah she'll come by herself because I teach sure, her some of I my creative can't. moves. Yeah, honey. <laughs> well, Crystal, um, do you have time enough for us to open up the panel? Sure. Um, yeah, so we can your, have yeah. some guests on, and just um, we'll go- take a few questions. Go ahead, Danny. Okay, and I was going to say, if you guys have questions, you can super chat them and um, we can get your questions up to see what you guys are talking about in this crazy chat. But um, yes, Crystal. It, well, I also wanted to know, um, with the decriminalization of um, sex work, do you think it would be, um, do you think that it actually makes the act of everything safer? Um, when it's decriminalized. 
1,000%. And let me give mm. you guys actual evidence of this. Look at New Zealand. New Zealand has a structure of decriminalization and legalization. And there is a difference because decriminalization is basically you can work and you won't go to jail for not having licensing. Legalization creates a two-tier system where if you're not legalized with the licensing, you are a criminal and you go to jail. So New Zealand, in all honesty, has the best sex work model. And I employ anybody listening to go look up New Zealand's model on prostitution and sex work in general because it is the safest model in the entire world. And I want you guys to think about this. How many stories do you hear about New Zealand sex workers being treated wrong? In fact, I'm gonna give you some more knowledge. During the coronavirus pandemic, they gave their sex workers unemployment because they pay their taxes. So, well, yeah. Isn't that I, crazy? They exactly. actually gave the sex workers unemployment. That's interesting. That yeah. I have another question for you. I did drop the link to the uh, panel if you guys want to come up and ask a question. Uh, also, you can super chat your questions. Um, I really quick, let me read Cichlid's, um super chat. He says, I'll pay for any consultation you Manosphere ladies choose. Um, thank you, Cichlid, <laughs> for the support. We appreciate you. Really quick, um, Crystal, I do have a question for you. Um, I want to know, being that the um, there's an intersection between sex work and feminism, why is it that we don't see um, more feminists uh, fighting for, um, you know, the sex work movement, fighting for sex work to be legalized and decriminalized. Um, you know, of course, this is just your opinion. And, but, you know, in your opinion, why is it that we don't see more feminists um, fighting or partnering uh, with uh, sex work advocates to, you know, um, ensure that women have the right to, um, you know, control or, um, do what they want with their own bodies, essentially. Well, um, also after this, I'm going to piggyback over into more of the LGBTQ community next. Okay. But after this. So honestly, I'm seeing new forms of modern feminism. The older form mm -hmm. of modern feminism looked at it as we're still providing our bodies to men. Mm -hmm. They ignored oh. the fact that couples women still come to sex workers now what i'm seeing is the feminist movement has now moved to more it is more sex positive it is more you know bipoc positive so i'm seeing feminism move to where mm -hmm. it's more accepted so let me give you some examples first of all we have a manhattan district attorney who is running, uh, she used to be on TV, um, Elise, Elisa Ornelas, I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. She's running to become the district attorney of Manhattan. She's vowing to stop prosecuting women who consensually engage in sex work. And wow. she is a part of that 
feminist more movement. Not to mention, wow. we have a stripper from Pennsylvania who is running to be in the House of Representatives for the United really? States of America. Yes. Wow. So we who knew? We have sex workers who are now getting pushed from the feminist movement because people are now starting to see that, hey, yes, we are showing our body for men, but we're showing them for women too, and it's our body. So it shouldn't be you know, oh, just women's movement. No, it's for everyone at this point. And I'm seeing the movement start to involve more trans women. So mm -hmm. it's, it is evolving from what we've saw in the past. I think that's interesting. And I, and I have to agree. I have seen, um, you know, the evolution of feminism, especially fourth wave feminism. I haven't seen anyone advocating outright for sex workers, but I have seen people, feminists who are advocating for a woman's right to do what she wants with her body. Um, so that would be inclusive. Um, and I, I do think that um, it is evolving. So yeah, thank you for highlighting that. Uh, that makes perfect sense. Let me run I, into I, the LGBTQ real quick though, because we yeah, are in okay. Pride That's month, exactly so. where I was going with it too. I wanted to know something about that, but go ahead. I'm sorry. So I don't know if you guys know this, but did you know that Pride Month was actually started by a black trans sex worker? So it was a protest between black people and the police in 1969. And a black trans sex worker threw a brick at a police officer because first of all, here's what's, here were the dynamics. The crowd was not listening to the black trans sex worker, not to mention the police were overly brutalizing people from our community. So this person threw a brick at the police and that's actually how Pride Month started because they watched the police attack this person and that's when the crowd got sympathetic and actually started, you know, protecting that person. Cause there was more than just black people out there in 1969. There was white people too. Everybody was out there. I mean, we see it more now because we have cameras, but that's actually how Pride Month began. Black people started Pride Month. Not to mention- I had no clue. Oh yeah. Until you enlightened me. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's interesting because like, I've never even heard that before, that it was a black person who started Pride Month. So um, yeah, I had to look it up after speaking with you. Very yeah. interesting. Wow. Not um, to mention, oh. one more thing real quick. Black women actually started the brothel. So let me explain something, you guys. Remember this whole manifest destiny and all that stuff that happened back then? Brothels were everywhere. They were in Texas. In fact, the brothel that mm -hmm. I work at now was actually picked up from LaGrange, Texas and moved to Nevada once they outlawed prostitution. So brothels were everywhere. And guess who actually owned the most brothels per capita? Black women. They owned the brothels and they actually ran them. But of course, since, you know, there's been more of a movement to make prostitution illegal across the United States. Now it's only in Nevada in which unfortunately black women have lost that ownership. But we are the ones who started this. Like, it was if, if it wasn't for the brothels, because I want you guys to think about something. People came out west to make more money, right? They came out west for the gold rush and everything else, right? Yeah. These mm -hmm. men didn't have women around. 
So mm-hmm. the women came over and started, the black women started brothels and they were giving their money back to the communities. In fact, sex work built most of Seattle. That actually makes sense because if you know, like the first black or the first cowboys were black. So like like that, I, I never realized that black women were the ones who started brothels. Um, but like, I, it makes sense um, now that you explain it, I, I can actually see how that, you know, came to be. Um, yeah, look at, look at us getting, getting educated. Um, but go ahead, Danny, I know you had a question. Um, do you guys have trans um, um, uh, workers within the brothel? At the ranch? Yeah. Yes, actually. My ranch is the first one to have a female to male trans worker working. So, yeah, we do have trans women. And we Bunny Ranch also had a trans person that worked for a very short period of time. But she was already transitioned. Um, we oh. have a person that literally is in the midst of transitioning and working. Are there men who work in the brothels, like men who, you know, women can come in and want to be serviced by a man? Yeah. So it does not explicitly say in the ordinance that men cannot work, but there was this little sneaky thing that happened in the industry where they tried to make it to where in order for you to work, you have to get a pap smear every week. And they made that a regulation. <laughs> so they made it low key to where men can't work because they can't get a pap smear. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. So interesting. I, I never learned so much um, about the industry until today. This is all so intriguing. Absolutely. Um, well, we do have some more super chat questions, but let's get Mella in here first. Hey, Mella, welcome. Hey, Mella. We haven't seen you in a while. What's going hey. on? Hey, ladies. I love you as always. Crystal Cooper, it's nice to meet you and make your acquaintance. I'm really um, charmed as to hear how candid you are about dignifying, um, you know, the circumstances as to how someone can actually enjoy a career such as yours, because, you know, what I really appreciate is that you're being open about it. You know, you, you don't sound phony at all. You sound like you're, you're really wanting to enlighten people. So I can appreciate that. I came up here to ask a series of intelligent questions, but since people are super chatting questions, I don't want to get in their way. What I will ask is something in relationship to what I saw in the chat room, which is totally ridiculous. And I want you to clear this up if you don't mind, please. Are you ready? Sure, let's go. (laughs) All right. Somebody in the chat room was asking whether or not sex dolls would ever be considered a part of the ranch. You're going to laugh. I have a pocket pussy that was actually made in my vagina's likeness. So that is coming. That is coming. All right. Um, Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Wait, Mella, don't don't go. Let let me ask. Let me ask. You know I'll be cutting out. No, I want you to ask your other questions. Let me just read the super chats very quickly. And I want to hear your other questions because that was a very, very good question. Um, we received a super chat from Achille Gray. He says, this was informative. I think it would be a great way to teach a chick how to be a freak in the sheets, lady in the streets. I can pay to train her without the stigma attached. Good point, Achille. 
Um, Leo Anthony says, there's a theory, the more sex partners a woman have, the harder it is for her to pair bond or get emotionally attached. Does Crystal believe there's some truth to this? Is she desensitized to sex? Uh, good question, Leo. Crystal, what are your thoughts? I am totally not desensitized to sex. And the reason I say this is because you guys have got to remember, Crystal is Crystal. That's what I do for work. Work is work. It's going to be a different feeling from having sex with, you know, a customer opposed to my boyfriend or girlfriend because I actually have a actual connection with them that's deeper. It's not just, you know, a photonic connection or just sexual. Like I try to connect with my partners with mind, body, spiritual, all of them. So with that being said, I mean, no, I am completely not desensitized. In fact, I would say I'm more open and more like able to see things more. And here's why. I've tried everything about twice. So I kind of already know what I like. I kind of already know how to, you know, what to expect when I do these things. So when it's a different person, a different energy around me, I'm able to enjoy you know, the experience and not just the act. It's not just about sex. It's about, you know, that foreplay building up, us talking, us connecting over dinner, mm -hmm. then us cuddling at the end or whatever we want to do at the end. Like it's about more than just having sex for me. So yeah. I do still enjoy sex outside of my sex life at work. And um, yeah, never like what Becca said when she was on earlier, it's totally different work from home. I have a question for you, Crystal, really quickly. Um, it's two part. Um, number one, do you prefer that your partner is involved in kink or BDSM or something? I know you said you would date a really vanilla guy, but your preference, do you prefer someone who's involved in kink? And then the second question is one that I just saw in the chat. Do you want to marry and have a family someday? All right. Um, let me actually back up for the first. I'm going to do the second question first. This okay. is going to surprise a bunch of you guys, but most of the porn stars you watch are actually married, where most of us are actually mm -hmm. married. <laughs> um, and most of the core designs I work with are also married. So I do want to get married one day. Right now, I'm 25, so I'm still trying to figure out what exactly I want in life. So until I understand who I am and what I want, I'm not going to enter that type of relationship with someone, like a marriage type of relationship, because I want to be whole, to be whole for myself and for that person. And I am still searching for what I want. Because again, I'm only 25 and I'm not saying, you know, younger, you can't get married and know what you want. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying on my personal journey, I'm not ready to be married yet. I'm looking at maybe around 30 or 31. And okay. what was the first question? Um, the first question was, do you prefer someone who's into kink or BDSM? Mm. I would say. As opposed to a vanilla person. Both have their caveats. So it would be a toss up for me because with kink people, 
one thing I've noticed is they don't exactly always listen. If they've been a veteran, like doing it for a long time, they're not going to listen to you and your new ideals. Mm -hmm. But someone who's vanilla will listen. But also, that's always not the case. I'm not saying it all the time. Also, vanilla people, you do have to teach them a lot more. And sometimes if you're tired, you can't really go into that mindset to teach. So both have their caveats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't actually answer that one right now because I do. No, that's, both. that makes sense. I, I understand that, you know, both have their pros and their cons. But last thing, does your partner, when you when you date, when you um, look for a, a mate or someone to partner with, does he have to be a quote unquote high value man? Does he have to make over six figures and have this be able to, you know, provide you with a lavish lifestyle? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you date regular average Joes. Yeah. I'll date anyone who is a great person because I've been with the rich guy. I've been with the basketball player. Like I've done that. I've also been with the regular person. It's how they treat me. Because at the end of the day, if you're with someone and you're serious, you're trying to build an empire together. So with that being said, you know, I want someone that I can trust, someone that has open communication with me. So it doesn't matter how much money you have. It matters who you are as a person to me. All right. Okay. Thank you. Well, I did have another question. Um, do you think that most people enter into the adult industry um, after they've experienced a certain level of trauma? I would say a high percentage do. But that's not always the case as well, because I have met brothel girls who are like in Mustang up north where, you know, you can work as you're 18. I've seen girls come in as 18 because, one, they wanted money for school. And two, like you can't really find out about that. Like, you know, if someone finds out you're working at a brothel, first of all, you're going to ask them. So what were you doing that you found this out? Mm hmm. Because it's not like brothels aren't allowed to advertise like, you know, on TV or anything like we have to right. advertise secret secretly. So if you know I'm working at a brothel, what were you doing? That's the first right. question. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, my other question with that, do you have a age limit to where you say, okay, um, at this age, I'm going to get out of this particular business and I'm going to focus on this. For me, I always want to be an advocate. So even if I'm not actively performing and stuff, I still want to be an advocate. So I don't, like, I don't know at this point because I really do enjoy what I do. I enjoy teaching people and I, of course, enjoy sex. So... I'm not saying I'm going to be doing this when I'm 50. I'm just saying I'm going to see where it takes me because even after I become a lawyer, I want to be mm -hmm. an entertainment lawyer. So I'm mm -hmm. still going to be dealing with entertainers of all aspects. And of course, I'm still going to deal with sex workers. So I don't Do know. Do you see women in their 50s and 60s at work in the brothels? That was my next question. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did, I've seen a woman that was 65 working in the brothels and she looked wow. good as hell too. Sixty-five. Wow! So, when you become an entertainment lawyer, have you ever considered maybe having your own establishment? 
Yeah, actually, I wanted to have my own establishment to help service, you know, sex workers and other people because we do with a lot. Like I have a lot of stalkers. And unfortunately, as a sex worker and a black woman, the police don't not take me seriously. So mm. I have to have lawyers that are willing to go fight that battle for me to make it to where the police will do what they need to do. Very, okay. very interesting. That um, is Jessica interesting. just joined us, but I wanted to really quickly just give Mella a chance if she had another question. Um, well, uh, thank you for holding on. I know we kind of like all these questions no. started coming up as, as we asked you to stay on. So before it, we have just jump in. It's fascinating, child. I have one question since another panelist has joined, just one. How can you paint the picture as to how you set someone on fire safely? Yeah, of like, course. What, what is that? Like, that's peculiar. <laughs> okay, so with being a pyro, there's a few things you have to understand. Before you even set someone on fire, there needs to be a conversation. There needs to be hard boundaries set and you need a safe word. Um, most people use the word pineapple and it's because of a movie, but I have a different safe word. And once you do that, this is where it gets interesting. The person has to be clean shaven, no hair, because the hair will singe and that will hurt. So they need to be clean shaven. Right. Second of all, I have to use this special kind of serum I could buy. I can get it off Amazon. And I also put a protective layer on top of you to make sure you're not getting, you're not going to get hurt. Not to mention I have a fire blanket and a fire extinguisher just in case things go wrong. But I've actually never had someone get hurt with me, luckily. So once you put on the protective serum and you put on the other protective serum, depending on which one you want to use. Some people use 99% alcohol. Some people don't then you go ahead and light them on fire. And there's special ropes wow. you can buy as well. And here's wow. the trick to it. I actually use my hand to like, like knock out the fire. You don't let no one burn wow. longer than five seconds. Oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Crystal. This is, oh my gosh, just so, so, so interesting to me. Uh, Jessica, welcome to the panel. How's it going, dear? Um, what are your comments or your questions for Crystal? Do you know what the question I had was earlier on, she was saying that sometimes if... You're really low, Jess. Yeah, you're very Better? low. No? Not really. Uh, a little bit. A That's little, a little bit. bit better. Okay. Um, yeah, we can hear you from there. Okay. So earlier on, she was saying that she doesn't do um, like certain services. But do you ever turn people down based on how they look? And how do you get over it if there's just genuinely like an unattraction there? How do you deal with that? Well, for me as a person, of course, looks do go into it. But when I'm doing my job, it's not about looks at that point. It's more so about me helping the person. Because there's a reason that people go to escorts, you know. So, you know, if the person's coming in for connection or they need intimacy or they just need someone to listen to them cry. Because I had a guy that came in, his wife had died from cancer. 
he needed someone that was going to be unjudgmental that would listen to him. So I was basically his topless therapist. And I sat there and I listened to him. I helped him feel better. I gave him dating advice, told him to get out there and date. And um, yeah, so it's not about looks at that point for me. Personally, in my personal life, yes. But that's not the, you know, the biggest thing that decides if I'm going to date someone. So, and then also, I'm going to be honest, <laughs> money does play a factor because if you're paying a certain price and you're not a complete mean person, then yeah, I'll go ahead and see you and go ahead and help you. Okay. okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Very, very interesting. Um, any other questions from anyone on the panel for Crystal? It's a small well, panel, so go had, ahead, um, I think you had something from Leo Anthony, uh, a super chat. But Another I one? It. I think so, but... I read um, the first one. Leo, did I miss one of your super chats? Yeah, I think you did. It was a question, but... Um, I asked the first question. I don't see another one. Leo, can you um, retype? Can you just put uh, SC and retype your um, super chat and I can go ahead and highlight it and read it? I do want to go over my... testing too. Oh, go ahead, Crystal. So one thing people don't think about, and I really want to express this to everyone. Most sex workers, the responsible ones, like most of us, especially full service, we get tested more than the average person. Most of the time, they tell everyone to get tested every three months. We get full panel testing. When I say full panel testing, as in we're getting tested for chlamydia, gonorrhea, trick, herpes, um, HIV, um, syphilis, hepatitis C, every STD you can think of, we are getting tested for on a weekly basis. In the brothel, it's every week, every 10 days. And in the porn industry, it is oh, also COVID. I forgot to put COVID in there. In fact, at my ranch, we are 100% COVID vaccinated. But oh, yeah, so, wow. oh, yeah, that was a requirement to come back to work. Um, do are, are the people that come in, are they required to be vaccinated or do you guys have to wear masks while you engage? So if the person is vaccinated and they have their card, we do not wear masks. But if they are not vaccinated and do not have their card, we ask them to wear the mask, not us. So when they have like, you know, kinks that would involve like bodily fluid, um, how do you get around that? Like being that, you know, if that if their fantasy is, you know, to do something that would involve bodily fluid? Like, how do you get around that? Do you just find some sort of protective barrier in order to allow them to kind of, in order to fulfill their fantasy? Remember the sex doll question she was asking? Uh-huh. That. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we do that. Okay, okay. Um, Jessica, were you saying something a little bit ago? Did you have a question? Yeah, it might be a bit personal, but how much would you, how much do you charge for just like just say a simple just plain old sex and do all of the women in the ranch charge the same amount or does it differ from girl to girl so we are actually all independent contractors so we 
choose what we want to charge. But I am I do charge a little bit a little bit more health hefty for certain services because I am a porn star and that does actually jack my price up a lot. Um, but I can't actually say my prices, unfortunately, because of that's actually against the law. But yeah. I can. Yeah, I thought it might be too much. My bad. But what I actually can do is give you a range. I normally like to stay somewhere in the four to five figure range. But if I get six figures, I don't complain either. But oh, I wow, do, six yeah. figures. Okay. Right. Yeah, I've gotten it a lot. Okay. She getting the bag. Listen. Crystal, I have a, another question for you too. Concrete is too late, baby. We 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 already. <laughs> I know, dang. <laughs> I don't know. They said sixty-five. There's some woman out there sixty-five years old. I don't think my husband. I don't think my husband would approve. But um, yeah. But I do have a question. So, Crystal, mm-hmm. do you have like um offers for like to be a legal companion for people for extended periods of time? Like they want you to go and fly out with them and be gone for a week or, you know, do you get those types of offers too? Or does the ranch not permit that? So if I'm up North, I'm allowed to go anywhere within the state of Nevada for out dates. And if okay. I am in a ranch that does not allow, well, a county that does not allow out dates, they can only do stuff with me for like in the ranch. But a lot of people enjoy this because most of the ranches are built like resorts. So, like, let me give you an example. There's a ranch down south that has a tennis court. It has a hotel. It has a full restaurant. Multiple, like, different themed rooms. Wow. Where you can go into a classroom for one. A neuro room for another one. Egyptian bungalows. Like, they make it fun for you because you can't leave. So, it depends mm-hmm. on where I am. But I have done extended dates before. I've done a date before that was three weeks long. So I've definitely okay. done that. So, oh. so, so interesting. But I do want to let people know up front, we charge a lot of money because we pay so much in our fees to stay legal. Plus the ranches take 50% of whatever mm. we negotiate. Yes. Man, they worse than you. Like half your money. They worse yes. than you too. Girl, okay, so yeah. um, do you prefer Nevada or Oregon? Well, once Oregon decriminalizes, I'm going to see what the structure looks like because every industry does have its flaws. But to be honest, it is a great bargaining tool because, you know, I tell someone, look, the they like, oh, you're too expensive. I'm like, no, like I lose 50% of this. Plus I got to turn around and pay taxes. I still pay taxes, like 20%, right. uh, well, 20 to 30%. I still got to pay room and board. Yeah, I still got to pay that. It's uh, $45 a day. Um, and depending on which room I use, it can go up to more than that. I still got to pay licensing fees every three months. And I still got to pay business license fees, like, yeah, I charge so much so I can actually make money at the end. That makes oh sense. I, I I actually understand it. Um, first of all, Jay Jay the Conqueror says, "Do you accept 
gift cards and food stamps. I'm pretty sure she doesn't accept food stamps. And I don't know people who have four four figures worth of food stamps, but uh, yeah, so I, I wouldn't think so. But I do want to remind you guys that you can super chat your questions. And I do want to ask Crystal, Crystal, do you guys ever get like celebrities or people that are have like, you know, certain status that come to the ranches? We most definitely have people of status. I want to remind you guys, um, I can't say any names, but right, I right, remind right. you of this because it was in the news. Remember Lamar Odom went to the ranches? Oh, right. yeah. And he was at the um, Bunny Ranch, right? He, he was yeah. at the Love Ranch. And there's something else I want you guys to know. Remember Stormy Daniels and that whole Donald Trump debacle? Mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. He met her at a ranch. Oh, Okay. Um, makes perfect sense. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we do understand that there's certain things you can't, um, that certain things that you can't divulge. Um, really quickly, uh, I was just going to read Achilles, um, super chat. He says, how do I start a ranch asking for a friend? (laughs) Okay. I'll tell you, but real quick, I want to make sure you guys know about that whole situation. I do not know all the specifics about it. But what I can say is Stormy definitely worked in the ranches for Dennis. And all right, so let me move on. How do you start a ranch? So you actually have to find a building that used to be a ranch because the way the ordinance is set up, it's not too easy to just build another building. Like you can build another one once you buy that one. And then you have to pay the licensing fees. Um, And it depends on what county you are, how high or how low they're going to be. So it, I was it, about to say those licensing fees are probably hefty. Actually, the one, the like the ones down south really aren't. <laughs> really? Yeah. So interesting. Okay. Um. Okay, Danny, you had a question for her. Yes. Um. Do you think doing porn takes more of a mental and uh, a mental toll on you than than doing any of the other work? I would honestly say no when I'm doing mainstream porn. Let me explain. Mainstream is different than content creation. Content creators have complete control over their work, their image, everything. So, and then they can shoot with whoever they want. Us mainstream people, we can't. We get sent to a shoot. And if we don't like the person, of course, we have a no list, which I do. But you go to a shoot, then you find out who you are going to be shooting with. And it's not it's not really mentally taxing for me mainstream because I know I'm going to get paid. I know I'm going to have a good scene. But on the content creation side, it is. And here's why. I have to do my own marketing to get it out there to get people to want to buy the scene. Then I have to do my own, like, scene. I have to plan the scene out. I have to get an editor to edit that scene. Not to mention, I got to actually get people to buy it. So if I'm on OnlyFans, and I do have a free and paid OnlyFans, you guys, you can check it out. There's everything on there you can think of. (laughs) Um, Your girl can squirt 10 feet in the air. But um, dropping the link to her IG, the link to her OnlyFans can be found in her bio. Yeah. But um, it's so much more taxing because I have to, like, figure out what you guys are saying. Because sometimes you guys say 
things and I'm so confused. I'm sitting there scratching my head trying to understand what you're actually asking me. So I have to decipher out. Oh yeah, it's it's difficult. I have to decipher out what you guys want. And I have to get you guys to actually want to buy my scene. Like it's more mentally taxing to do content creation for me. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I'm talking about like dealing with your mental health and I probably should have prefaced that, but like dealing with mental health, um, when I've gone back, uh, we've had, um, actually two, uh, adult actors, um, or adult stars on here before. And I went back and I've done research and I've looked at, um, ladies who were actually in the industry, um, and some guys that were actually in the industry and they tend to be very, very depressed, at least from the documentaries that I've seen and said that um, like doing porno has ruined their lives. And so what I was thinking was like, okay, like mentally, um, does that take a toll on you? Well, to be honest, if you're going to get in front of the camera and do porn, you need to be a hundred percent like sure that you want to do this. And Every person that I know that is successful in the adult industry business has a therapist. All of us do. Because there's another thing I want you guys to understand. We're your friend. We're your therapist. We're all this during our time. And as a porn star and everything else, I hear and see everything. Not to mention being a part of the union. I hear and see everything. So sometimes some of the things I see is just so saddening that I feel sad for that person. So oh. it can be mentally hard. So it, honestly, sex work is not for everyone. It's really the survival of the fittest sometimes. So okay. if you're not mentally strong enough to be able to handle your own shit, you're not handling no one else's. So that's yeah. a lot to carry too. Like, you know, uh, I'm I'm just the counselor for my friends. Like I'm the person that everybody comes through to and dumps their mess on. And it's like mentally draining for me. So I can't imagine, you know, carrying all that energy and emotional baggage that everyone wants to dump on you, how, how taxing it can be. Yes. Mm. And that's why we have ladies day where ladies we all get together and we actually so we do spa parties one of our um people that comes in and does our pap smear she's also uh she does med spa stuff so she'll have like spa spa parties for us we can come in and do that or we can go do just things together that gets our mind off of what we're dealing with you know with sex work not to mention, we do, again, talk to therapists. So, yeah, there are ways that we get rid of it. Nature. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were also telling me that sometimes you just take a break. Like, you may need a, a hiatus, an extended hiatus where you just need a break from it all, too. So Yeah, like, for me, I work hard during the summer and the fall, and then I vacation the entire winter. Mm-hmm. Is that Are those the busiest seasons? So, the... um. Now it depends because this is so this is why strippers and brothel girls like to try and switch up. So the northern brothels get busy around the winter time because well the fall to winter because you got your hunters coming out and mm-hmm. Nevada's a big spot for hunting along with Idaho and other places. So these guys come in sometimes because they want to get a little bit of fun going before they go and you know good bojo to go out there and 
find their deer or whatever else. So the northern brothels are good during the winter time. But during the summertime, the southern brothels is where it's at. So it depends. And then with stripping, every city, every state has its season. Now, I'm in Vegas for a reason because people always come to Vegas to spend money. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to read the super chats really quickly. Um, I got one from Sick Lid. He says, have you seen the movie Boogie Nights? How accurate is it? I don't know. Have you seen that movie, Crystal? Unfortunately, no. I'm sorry. I haven't either. <laughs> sorry, Sickly. I did have a question. Okay, like, what's the average time that it takes to shoot a scene? It depends on the act that's happening. If it's um, a normal B uh, boy girl, I almost said B G. My bad. Boy <laughs> girl scene. Um, if your director is together and he has his paperwork together, he has his um scene already plotted out it can take anywhere from four to like six hours um and it also depends on how complex the scene is and how many partners there are because i've seen all day shooting 12 hours i've seen four hours shooting and the quickest is solo that's only about an hour so it just depends on Mm -hmm. the act being performed well, let me read this super chat real quick from Jay the Conk. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead if you're going to ask a follow-up question. Okay. Um, I don't do you have a favorite um, person to work with? Like, yes. um, in the industry? Yeah. Like, do you, who's your favorite? Um, Let's see. For males, I have two favorites. One's a black guy, one's a white guy. Um, Black guy, favorite. It goes to three, actually. I can't say one. First one I would say is like my great friend, Chris Cardio. The second one I would say is my other great friend, marketer. He's my friend, marketer, and he's an editor. Um, his name's Siphon, and I work with him on the content creation side. And then Will Tao. Will Tao's really awesome. Um, and for the white male list, um, well, I wouldn't even say white male. I would just say males. In fact, let's take the denomination off. I'm sorry for even saying that. Like, let's take that off. Um, mm-hmm. Other males, I would say his name used to be Pierce Oliver. I loved him. He was actually on a TV show. Um, I mean, and I also loved David Lee. So those would be my go-to guys because they're really respectful. And I have a few women as well, but Honestly, I like a lot of the women, so I can't really pick too many of them. But my friend that was on, I do like doing stuff for her. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, so Jay the Conqueror wants to know, what's your opinion on incels? I am assuming that you have worked with some incels, like some of the virgins that you've had to aid. But um, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Wait, what's your oldest virgin that you've worked with, if you can disclose? 84. Huh? 885? I mean, 84? Yeah, 84. Wow. I'm speechless. Can you tell us your opinion on incels? Uh, hmm. I would say, to be honest, it is, 
it's a little difficult sometimes. Um, mm. Oh, elaborate, honey. So I can imagine. I have to honestly have an educational session with them first when I realize that that is, you know, something that they're dealing with. First, I have to educate them so they can understand what's really going on. Then I have to educate them to change their mindset because a lot of them are not really happy. So, and I can understand why. I can totally understand why. So once I change the mindset and I educate them on how to move better, then they become a better person to work with. So it's a mindset change first. And with the mindset change, because... When you talk about inceldom within this space, um, people will generally uh, blame a lot of women for not looking the way women need to look or not being really feminine. Um, or they're saying that the women are too masculine and they're saying that they would just rather not deal with women, period, as opposed to um, actually going out with dealing with women that they don't want. So what would be your advice to them when you're having to deal with some of that? First thing first, I ask them, what are their expectations? Because I need to know, you know, what are you expecting that's not being met? Once I find those expectations, then I come in and I give them hard, hard data. I follow. So we have, especially in the brothels, we have different colleges that actually work with us and actually do different studies over us and over, over sex work. UCLA does it. UNLV does it. So I'll give them hard data for them to look at because it's like you might want to dispute what I'm saying, but once you look at an actual scientific experiment, it's not as easy to dispute that. It's not. So I give them that data, have them look it over. And then I I'm, I want them to go, ugh, then I make them understand. I'm like, so you see this data, right? So with this data, knowing that this is the average, do you think you could try to change your expectation to where instead of you expecting the most, I tell them to normally expect average so they can be pleasantly surprised when they get more. So I try to go at it with a glass half full, you know, tactic. It doesn't always work, but it does take time for me to get them to come around. Because a lot of them are a little bit on the negative side. Not all of them, but most of them are. So I have to bring down either the expectations or bring them up. Because sometimes the expectations are too low. And I've got to change that once i change the expectations change the mindset that's when i actually give them exercises to try in normal day life and when they try them out because i ask them i'm like you don't have to continue it you don't have to do any of that but if you just give it a shot and tell me what you think afterwards because you have nothing to lose mm -hmm. then we can go forward from there so i give them actual exercises to try in their day-to-day -day life Okay. So you're like a dating coach almost. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He is in my on hands coach. dating coach. Hands yeah. on dating coach. 
I had another question for you. Have you ever worked with queer um, men or um, men who thought they may have been gay but tried to get the gay away from them or and stuff like that? Yes. Yes, I have. And I actually do LGBTQAI plus counseling as well. So mm. they can come in, they can talk to me and I tell them it's okay. You like who you like. Like I literally reassure them. I give them safe places that they can go to in Vegas to kind of see if that's really what they want. So I have dealt with that a lot. And I, when I say I give them safe places as in safe clubs to go to, to meet more people in the same sector, things like that. Okay. Okay. This is all so interesting. Oh my gosh. I like I wanted to ask um Mela though if she had another question for Crystal too. I wanted to give her an opportunity to get in there too. No, uh, it's not sexually Mella. related um at all. Um okay. it's personal, but it's not sexual. I was wondering what would be your favorite meal? Oh, thanks for asking that. You're welcome, sweetheart. I have celiac disease, so unfortunately, I can't have a lot of things that are gluten. So anything that's gluten-free, I typically enjoy. So my favorite, favorite food is sushi. Oh, yum. I but also rice, have a shell. Did you know rice? Allergy. Did you so. know rice? is also uh they say rice is gluten-free but it's not actually gluten-free yeah i know because it's a grain but yeah sushi is great yeah i actually what i have to do is there's specific rice that's actually gluten-free so yes that's right yes yeah so i have to get the specific rice that's gluten-free but i love sushi in fact so there's this vegan sushi restaurant here in vegas that i go to all the time all right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, I do have another question since Mela asked that. Just a real casual one. What is, when you're not working, what's your favorite pastime? What's, what's something that you really enjoy doing when you're not working? Um, Let's see. Yoga, traveling. I enjoy traveling and just talking to different people from different cultures. Um, This one might be a little weird, but I'm still a rather kinky person, so I enjoy being in my dungeon and tying people up or being tied up. So I So when did you discover that you're into kink? At what age did you discover? Because I, I I um actually frequent a lot of spaces that are like pro kink, but um not not because I'm into it myself. I just have friends that are and just to support their platforms. But um, I just yeah. um, am interested to know, like, at what age did you discover that you're into, like, kink? Well, my parents were very, like, open with me talking about sex. Like, they didn't go explicit, of course. But anything that I had questions about, they would answer. So I would say as a teenager, I didn't more interested in it. Plus, I saw a lot of things on kink.com. Um, but I didn't really take that hard step until I was 23. That's when I went to my first event 
and saw that I really enjoyed it. And it's not because it's sexual, but it's because it's more mental in a way. Because it's a power exchange. When you do BDSM, there's someone that's your dominant and someone that is the submissive. And you've got to trust that dominant a lot. And I am a switch. So I go between dominance and submission. Mm. Oh, which do you prefer? (laughs) Um, I'm still trying to figure that out, to be honest, because... I really love being a rope bunny. I love being tied up and suspended. And it helps my back. Oh, my God, you guys. It is the best thing for stretching your body out, hanging upside down. <laughs> Girl, all um, the blood be rushing through my head. What you do about that? <laughs> Say, wait, what? What you and bro Kerlin doing? Girl, mind your business. <laughs> no, seriously. If you have back problems or problems like arthritis and stuff it's actually good to be suspended like that's going to actually help it because i actually have carpal tunnel from dancing so long and when i was first starting out as a baby dancer i didn't learn how to do my hands correctly on the pole so i suffered a lot of injury but to be honest Mm -hmm. when i am stretched out you know when i'm tied and hanging suspending or whatever i'm doing like they tie my hands too and it helps it honestly helps mm. well let me ask you this um have you ever been collared i have not been collared no <laughs> really okay just interested um okay so we are actually going to start the process to wrap it up this has been so interesting probably one of my favorite yeah. interviews to date Oh my god. I know, right? Really Happy Sunday it. indeed. Yeah. Uh, Mela, we want to give you an opportunity to ask a final question before we go ahead and wrap it up. Um favorite brand of lingerie. Uh, please. Let's see. Fenty. Fenty. Yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you, Mella, uh, for like into that La Perla, honey. <laughs> uh, it was a pleasure to have met you and C Rose and Danny, otherwise affectionately you. known as Sister George. I love you, ladies, and gratitude for allowing me on the panel to um, be with your guests. Thank you. I'll talk to you sooner than later. Okay. Love you guys. Thank you, Mella. We appreciate you stopping by. It's been forever. Don't 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 stay away so long. Next I know. Time. I feel abandoned like shit. I'm not, I'm not stranger than usual. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. I love you. Bye. Peace, Mella. Um, I just want to again extend a heartfelt thank you to Crystal. I am a super fan. I absolutely love you. You were a a joy to talk to and so open, so honest, um, so transparent. And this was just really, really dope. It has me in such a good mood. And I'm thankful for you giving us a few hours out of your afternoon and chopping it up with us. So thank you, thank you, thank you, madam. You're totally welcome. If there are any like last minute questions you want me to answer, I am totally down because I'm for education. Danny, do you have any last minute? I'm going to scroll through my notes real quick. 
I don't have anything, but I also wanted to just extend a very, very big thank you to you for coming onto our platform and allowing us to get in your business, honey. This is probably one of my, definitely, not even probably, this is definitely one of my faves. Uh, mm -hmm. Because you did get into a lot of educational stuff um, outside of, you know, just um, stuff in the industry. Um, yeah. Actually, I, I think I do have another question. But Me too. <laughs> okay, I have a quick one. So you kind of touched on it in a roundabout way, but I wanted to directly ask you, um, what are the benefits of legalizing sex work? If you could just elaborate for us on what the actual benefits, you kind of touched on it and with your responses to a couple questions, but I'd like just a, I guess, a direct response if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. So first of all, I do want everyone to understand that legalizing and decriminalizing are two very different things. Legalization can be good, yes. And the reason it can be good is because, well, the taxes, you know, for sure you're getting the correct amount of taxes because we are not paid by cash, guys. We get paid by paycheck once a week. Um, oh wow! Yes. I didn't know that. We have checks, I didn't know that either. I thought they left the money on the table. Like Holy! The so, do you guys have to pay federal taxes? Because I know you said the taxes go to the county. Yeah, they do, but we still have to pay. Wow! Yeah, like so, it's weird. But you're a ten ninety nine. You're a contractor, so you do a ten ninety nine. Yes, I do. A ten ninety nine M I S C. So, yes, I do end up turning around and paying money at some point to the federal government. But here's the great thing about it. Everything is a tax write-off. My nails. That's why she said she was getting her nails done, my friend. Oh. She can write that off in her taxes. Um, our hair. Any procedures we get done. Bundles. Dang. Yeah. It's maintenance to your job. So we get to write that off. Not to mention one of my cars I have. I do have three cars. One of them is a work car, and it's the correct amount of weight to be considered a fleet car. So I write that off, and I write off my miles. Like So, yeah, everything we do is a oh. tax write-off. Okay, really quick. I'm sorry. I just thought about something. It was really quick. Do you, when you're in a relationship, have a problem exhibiting naturally, just naturally exhibiting submission and femininity to your partner? I know you said you're a switch, but I mean, just like in everyday actions, not necessarily in the bedroom. Do you have um, a problem um, expressing, you know, being feminine and, and, and being submissive to your partner, allowing him to lead? Not at all, actually. Not at all. You so, did say you're part Ethiopian, right? So you come from an African culture? Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. But, but it also depends on which role we're in. Because sometimes I'm in relationships where it's non-gender conforming. Meaning sometimes I'm the head of the relationship. Mm. Sometimes I'm not. So it depends on the roles that are being set. Makes sense. Thank you, dear. Okay, actually, I probably didn't came up with about three questions, honey. I also <laughs> didn't get to finish talking about the legalization. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. So with legalization, like I said before, it creates a two-tier system of criminals and 
non-criminals. And legalization is good for tax purposes. It's good for proving, you know, your income to the government. It's good for, you know, like on my passport, I actually do not get discriminated against because I'm a legal sex worker. So I can actually get around SESTA-FOSTA and actually advertise because I'm legal. Because SESTA-FOSTA was never made for the legal courtesans. It was made for human trafficking purposes, but it made things worse than what it was intended to do. That's a whole another story. Mm. Um, but legalization has so many problems that it does need, it definitely needs decriminalization. Let me give you an example. Let's say you have a mother who has three children and she's making a little bit too much to get welfare, but she's not making enough to actually be able to survive. So what does she do? She doesn't exactly know what to do. And here in Las Vegas, so people think it's really easy to strip here. It is not. So she, let's say she lives in Las Vegas and you have to get a sheriff's car. So let me explain the, let me kind of go on a quick. Uh-oh, you cut out for a second, Crystal. Can you guys uh -oh. hear me? Uh, yeah. yeah I can hear Crystal. You. Uh -oh. Crystal, if you can hear us, you cut out. I know. <laughs> I don't even know if she can hear us. Um, let's see. It looks like she's muted. She said she's still here. I looked in the private chat. Yeah. Um, um, probably got a phone call. If you got a phone call, um, come back to the link. Wait, what she said. Yeah, you she might have to drop it. Sign back. Sign. Sign back on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we will give her a second to do that. Um. Yeah. This is so interesting. Y'all are some haters talking about the the Lord intervened. The Feds found her. Like, really? Stop it. She is a Baby, legal so a legal companion. Baby, in half of them, then you some before. So I don't even know why they being over here. Listen, I'm trying to tell you. You know she what? They're talking a little bit. Y'all, y'all, uh, 84 years old coming up in there talking. About <laughs> the Listen, she is really helping, uh, help, helping brothers out. But they, they talking that little smack. But this, the chat has been more mature than I've seen them be in the past. I'm actually kind of impressed. Oh, that's not true, sure, girl, because <laughs> <laughs> they, they haven't been too bad. Like, they, you know, you know, some of it is expected, but um, they haven't gone too far left. So, yeah. Baby, um, so we're going to give know her some, Here she comes. Okay. I know. Back, you guys. Okay. I'm sorry about no, that. No, you're back. No problem. So, let me kind of just jump back into there real quick. Sure. So Las Vegas and stripping, you guys. So you can't just show up to a strip club and want to work. You actually have to go through this entire process of you have to go to the strip club, get a referral form, meaning they actually want to hire you. So they got to want to hire you. Then you have to go down to the police station. You have to get a background check. You have to also pay card fees. And I can't remember if I was fingerprinted, but I think I probably was. And I have a license that's good for five years and I have to have a business license as well. So I actually have my stripping underneath my courtesan business license. 
because it was just easier to go ahead and do it that way. I already had that license. But um, you got to do all that. And unfortunately, there is some, I spoke about this earlier, the bias for black women and women of color, period. You can't even be thick. You can't really have tattoos. You can't really have scars. Like, none of that. You got to look like a runway model. So with that being wow. said, the mother of three children, if she's a little bit too thick, even if she doesn't have tattoos, she can't work. So what does she do now? Now she can't work. She's not able to get the job that pays her a little bit better because she can't even really make it to the interview. She's working multiple jobs to try and make ends meet. Then she's got to go and do what she needs to do. So she either be a call girl or she'll go to the strip, something like that. So with not having decriminalization, you're going to make it to where this woman, get, if she gets in trouble by Vice, which, oh my God, Vice in Vegas is they're just animals. Um, she wow. can't work in the brothels because once you get a record, you have to have a cool down period because actually they don't let felons, mm. people who owe back child support or people with prostitution cases work. Wow. Wow. Okay. That is so interesting. They have a very, um, very uh, regimented system in place. Yeah. Yes. So the legalized system does end up hurting women who normally these women that get stuck in this gray, weird area normally are women of color or women who are my immigrants or women who have, you know, disabilities. That's normally what gets caught in this gray area. So that's why decriminalization is so important because the, this woman can now work and she can now pay her taxes. And yes, she might not have a license, but we're not making it to where she can never do anything else again. Because there's more laws I want to make you guys preview to. Did you know that they can actually deny you for life insurance, health care, and housing for being a sex worker, especially if you're not legal? I'm legal, so I'm okay because I have check stubs to show what I do, not to mention I have business licensing, everything else, and EIN number, all of that. Mm. But the independents do not. So they, you can actually not get housing, um, like rent. You can't rent. And if you have any type of charges for prostitution here in Vegas, they will not rent to you. So wow. it hurts more than just your work life. Like it hurts your home life. It hurts you having right. health care, all of this. Well, thank you so much for explaining it and breaking it down and talking about the benefits. It is a very layered, um, it's a very layered problem. And I can absolutely understand how legalization um, can benefit folks. So thank you so much for that. I want to read the super chats real quick. And then I know Danny had a few things before we close out. Jessica said, great interview. I enjoyed this. Thank you, Jess. We appreciate you. And Achilles Grace says, define thick though, because a lot of times the, the chicks are just fat. Size four seems like a good medium for selection. Well, um, that's the Achilles, biggest you can uh, be. That's the uh, on the on the large end of the um uh, of the spectrum. You can you can't be bigger than a four. So yeah, um, there's that Achilles. But uh, thank you. I think uh, think yeah. it's subjective. But thank you for uh, it your is support. subjective. Yeah, right. Um, go ahead, Danny. It's on you, boo. Um, would you consider yourself a feminist? 
I would consider myself a person for the people. I am a feminist, but I'm for so much more. Like, there's rights sometimes that men don't have, like our Black men. So, you know, I'm fighting for them. I was out mm-hmm. in the protests last year. In fact, I helped organize one of them here in Vegas during the George Floyd protest. So I'm out for just more than just, you know, women. Like we have the LGBTQAI plus community. So I'm for anyone who is oppressed. Totally understandable. Okay. And then how does your um, ranch handle, uh, let's say, bad services rendered? Are there refund policies? Like if a guy comes in and he doesn't have the best experience, how does that work? It depends on the ranch and the situation. Because my ranch I'm at right now, it is a no refund policy. But also the girl has to do, well, it's no refunds after the service has been tendered. If the service has not been done and something goes extremely wrong, as in like when we're doing our DC, oh yeah, let me go over that. So guys, so we can turn you away if you fail your DC. The DC stands for the dick check. We have to check you before we take you. So if you got something and we see it, we're not taking you. Oh, and you don't get your money back. Oh, no, you get your money back. We'll give you money back and let you go. But Yeah, but we don't like we don't even secure the payment to the cashier until we do the D.C. So, yeah. So once we do the D.C. and we check you out and there's every girl's different. I make my own like special little thing. I can't tell you guys what's in it. But I make my own special little thing, and I use gloves, and I have a light and everything. Like, I thoroughly inspect the penis and the balls underneath. So, yeah. And then females, same thing. You get a PC. So, if you fail your PC, you're out. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Very interesting. Um, has drug use been one of those things that's been rampant on, um, the ranch? Not at all. Most so we actually have a no drug policy unless you are on medication from your doctor, and they actually will take down the medication. And depending on what it is, if it's a controlled substance, they keep it, and then they give it to you each time that you're supposed to take it. Wow! Wow! That is so interesting. Um, Danny, did you have any other questions before we close out? Girl, I am sure I probably got a million of them. But I know. <laughs> ask them, ask away. I, I, I'm just, I'm so floored with so many of the rules that you guys have. Yes, it's so regimented. It's like a halfway house. Yeah, you guys know. they give me vibes of. Just so you guys know, like certain ranches, there are lockdown ranches like mine. I have to ask for permission to leave a few days, like a few days in advance to like leave to go somewhere if I'm on a long tour. And we only have out day, which means we can leave the ranch from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. That is our time to leave and go do what we want. So, okay, being okay, so being staying on the ranch. Is that like, okay, being that you guys stay on the ranch and you give, you have to give up half of your earnings, does that 
also include what you would pay in like rent and then like the rooms and stuff like that? It depends on the ranch you're at. Some ranches do have rent program. If you book so much a day that you don't have to pay rent, but no, you still have to pay rent after you give up half. Wow. Um, Wait a minute. You have to pay rent after they take half of your check? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's supposed to be rent, room, food, uh, heat, air. <laughs> so, no. What the no. Heck? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. We still have to pay rent unless, like, depending on the ranch again that you're at. Now, there is one ranch I know of up north that you do not pay rent. They, they strictly only take half and they let you keep all your tips. So, oh, let me go over that real quick. Oh. Most ranches take 50% of your tips as well. Stop. Stop. <laughs> they want 50% wow. of your earnings and 50% of your tips? Yeah. That's robbery. Yeah. That's robbery. Yeah, honey. I see why y'all unionizing up there, honey. That is <sighs> a lot. Holy cow. Okay. Um, we, I mean, we things need to change, and it does have yeah. good components to it. Don't get me wrong; there are great components to working in the ranch. But mm -hmm. I mean, yes, some ladies are ready to unionize, and we're not working against our brothel owners. We're just trying to work with them in different ways. Right. Well, um, we got other folks trying to come up, so we are actually going to close out because. I want to respect your time and I have some things oh, to do. And it's Mother's yeah. Day. Um, agreed, agreed. Crystal, please tell me you are willing to come back for a part two discussion. Yeah, I, would absolutely I am 100,000% willing to come oh, back for part two. Because yeah. there's more education. Yeah. I still, there's so much more I still got to tell you guys. Like, you guys only learned about yeah. maybe 10% of anything this is just the surface of what goes and on maybe becca will be able to stay next time too so um definitely want to do a part two i think I it might, would be so lit i might also try and speak to some of my other friends because i know the highest paid sex worker in the united states you can mm -hmm. look this up her name is alice little we work together yeah. and um she knows a lot of information about the ranches that i don't even know so I'm going to see if she would be willing to come on. And then I have another friend that's very, like a very big advocate for sex workers. And she's a, also at the ranch. She knows a lot about the ordinances that I don't know. Because, I mean, I know a lot of stuff on the education side. But sometimes with the ordinances and other things, I just don't know some of it. So I would love to see if I could bring those two on as well. Because they have a very so strong yes. perspective as well. Okay, that would be so dope. Let me say, um, I want to wrap up, but we have somebody that's really trying to get up. He has a question, and I want to know if you have time for just one question from the chat. And Danny, what are your thoughts for letting yeah, Big Truck time. up for one question? Big Truck, as long as Big Truck does not become disrespectful or anything, which I'm sure no. you not. Right. Um, absolutely, just um, let him up for his one question. He's okay. uh, supported us pretty good. Absolutely. So Big Truck, I am dropping the link in the chat. We can have you up for one question and then we have to get out of here just to um, ensure that we are being re uh -oh. um, just to ensure that we are being respectful of everyone's time. Dang, um, I just deleted um, 
the link. One second, sorry. Okay, here we go. All right. So this is just for Big Truck. No one but Big Truck. Uh, come on, Big Truck. You can ask one question. There we go. Um, yeah, this is so good. Um, definitely would love to do a part two with uh, Crystal and friends. It would be uh, super dope. Uh -oh, yes, this was a really great interview. I loved it. Absolutely. Good, good. Uh, big truck. Welcome good to the panel. As you know, we are on our way out, so yeah. we will give you the opportunity I, I totally to ask understand. just one I totally question. Understand. I totally understand. So the first thing I'd like to say, um, you're Candy, correct? No, I'm Crystal. Crystal, Crystal. Sorry about that. Um, no, I was just say I was just gonna say I was listening to you the whole time. And I really liked your energy, and I really liked your uh, commentary. And um, this is this is like the second time that I joined on this channel when the uh, topic was uh, sex work. And the last time, um, I had said that I was completely against it. I, I really didn't like the idea of it. But I have to say, I, I you kind of helped broaden my um, how should I say my uh, outlook of it a little bit. And uh, listening to you was really great. So the question I was going to ask, because I got to respect your time, um, the question I was asked is, do you think that over the long term, if prostitution or sex work is legalized, do you think that it would have negative, um, do you think it would have negative impact on young girls who see it as an easy way to get the things that they want? So that was basically it. Absolutely not. And the reason why is I want to go back to the New Zealand model. And I employ you to look at the New Zealand model for sex work, because most sex workers do use sex work to either one, get through school or get through some type of, you know, financial situation to where they're not in debt. Because let's be honest, the debt in this country is ridiculous. And if there's a way to keep it down, you know, why not take that avenue? But long term, you just become wiser and wiser. And the women that I know who have been in the industry for 20 plus years are some of the most grounded, successful women I know who are educators. Because I, I have an educator um, that helps me because I actually have two mentors. I have one that's older than me and one that's younger than me. So I can always keep the perspective of both sides of the spectrum. So it's not more so the sex work, it's the person that's in it. It's the mentality and the mindset of the person. So I feel sex work is good for anyone who actually can handle it. Wait, um, I, right, I'm just sorry. I, I think, I, I don't know if maybe you missed my question. Let me just rephrase it just a little bit. Yeah, uh, right. there, there are a lot of young girls who want to get things like Air Jordans and cell phones and stuff like that. And they either have parents that won't buy it for them or they end up having to go to older men who actually have money like that to get the things that they want. So I'm saying, it, what again, do you think that this will impact younger women because they will believe that this is an easy route to get those Gucci sneakers or those uh, Prada bags do you think that this will impact younger females as in they will think this is an easy way to get the things they want? Now, if they're under 18, I 
do not want them in our industry whatsoever. But if they are older than 18, um, I kind of want to go at this in a different way. And this is the way I want to come at it. Sex work, yes, people can look at it as an easier route to get to things, but it's not easy. It's a lot of work that goes into it. And in America, let's be honest, any job you do, just because it's not specifically you selling your body for sex, you are still selling your body. As in, if you work in McDonald's and you're working eight hours, that's still eight hours of physical work that your body is doing. So, you know... Yes, sex work can be seen as an easier avenue, but once they truly get in and they truly see all the work that it does take to do it, they might leave. And best example, during the pandemic, there was a surge of online sex workers, right? Yes. But guess what? They're now leaving. There's now a vacuum effect happening where they're leaving and it's leaving the ones that stayed in. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, because everyone thought OnlyFans was easy and then they actually found out all the work that came into it and realized, oh, it's not that easy. So, yeah, honestly, I feel that all work is selling your body unless, of course, you're like a writer or something, then that's not selling your body, that's your mind. But all work is selling some some component of your existence. And real people, real young girls, they get in this and truly want to make it a career. They're going to put the hard work in. Well, okay. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you very much for that. And uh, you enjoy your day and Sister George. And um, I, y'all, I, don't, I can't see your name tags. So um, <laughs> whoever you are with the orange circle, enjoy your day too. <laughs> thank, you. thank you, Big Trud. Appreciate you. Thank you for coming up and asking the question. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a good one. Again, Crystal, thank you. We must do this again. I look forward to part two already. Um, thank you again. And we want to give you an opportunity for any closing comments as it relates to our discussion that we've had today. Yeah, just closing out, you guys, I really, really, really want you to just be a little bit more, like everyone, be just a little bit more open to hearing what your sex worker, your local sex worker has to say, because yes, we are sex workers, but we're people too, and Mm -hmm. we do, a lot of us do have a rather interesting take on sex work and being an American, because I do want you guys to realize most sex workers are people of color and people with disabilities. And this reason is because it's so hard for us to want either find regular employment because we got to be honest, getting out of school these days, it doesn't matter how much education you want, you have. Most of these jobs want you to have education plus experience. And if you're just getting out, you're not going to have that. So then you have to take lower pay. You, you are absolutely right, Crystal, and that is absolutely something to consider. I do also want to know if you have any upcoming projects. You guys, we have dropped her link in the chat throughout the um, throughout the entire stream. Make sure you go over and support her and support everything that she's doing. But do you have anything up and coming that you want to plug? Yeah, so I, I'm, at, I'm actually going to be at my ranch on Monday from Monday to Thursday. And I did just pick up another strip club event. So if you're following my 
pages you'll see when I'm working. The biggest thing is I'm getting ready to do a pretty cool scene that's going to have its own, like, box cover or whatever on DVD. So I do want you guys to just be on the lookout for that. And it is my specialty, which is squirting. <laughs> and lastly, I'm going to start doing more, like, um, I'm trying to remember, seminars. So look out for that information, you guys, because there will be seminars that I'm going to start doing probably in person so that I can teach you guys. Without, it's not going to have the hands-on, though. Sorry. If you want hands-on, you got to go to the ranch. But I will be doing more educational seminars. Okay. Outstanding. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we we did just get a super chat from Jess. She says the link didn't work. Now the link that I posted, it's a hyperlink. So the link that I've posted throughout the um throughout the stream does work. I just went to one of the ones that I posted and I just reposted it. If you are unable to find her via the link, you can also um, check her out. Look, search for her on IG. She is Crystal. C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-X Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R-X-23. But I did just drop an active hyperlink to her IG. So try that. Go ahead, Danny. Sorry. Um, No, but um, just wanted to thank um, and extend our thanks to Crystal and Becca. And um, hopefully we will see you guys very, very soon. Um, this was a great, great interview. You were a really great guest. We appreciate you. Yeah, Absolutely. totally welcome. Thank you, Krista. Will you enjoy your Sunday? I hope it is a good one for you, that you have a relaxing and joyous day. And we will definitely be in touch. Agreed. And just thank you for allowing me to come on and educate people because most people aren't open to what I have to say. So thank you for giving me this platform. Thank you again. Have a good one, dear. You too. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, Crystal. Um, thank you guys so much for um, those who did join the panel. We have Mella and Jessica and Big Truck came up for just a question. I don't know what the apprehension was from the rest of the chat because you guys had lots of questions within the chat, but we'd like you to come up and join the panel and dialogue with us. I think it is much more lively and you get the opportunity to ask your own question as well as ask clarifying questions, but we appreciate those who did join us. Um, thank you guys, everybody who super chatted us. Thank you to the chat. Um, I don't know if we received any um, cash apps. Did we get any cash apps? Uh, Kit Clouds, he always hooks us up. Thank you so much, brother, for the support. So we appreciate you as well. And yeah, um, thank you. This was a dope stream. I I'm elated. Uh, any closing comments yes. there? Um, shout out to everybody who came through on the panel and shout out to everybody in the chat and everybody who super chatted us. Really, really, really appreciate you guys. Please, please, please do yourself and stay tuned because we do have some big shit popping over here. Um, <laughs> it's going to be lit. So just keep your eyes open. We we coming through. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a great show. Really, really uh, dope interview. Real dope. Yeah. Peace out, Black people. All right, y'all. We out. <laughs>